following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Let's go. It is Monday, August 16th, 2021, season 17, episode number nine. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I'm joined by Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman. We're talking some Cowboys football with you guys for the next 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on how these guys go. Uh, we got a lot of topics, but... What? Are y'all just amused because there's a camera? I mean, because there's a no, just video? Nick loves looking at the monitor. But also, I am I look even shorter than normal today. Oh, yeah, that's what the, I was saying. The chair's so low. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. Before. Dave just doesn't care he doesn't right now. Care. It's like, whatever. He doesn't care. You should be showing off the haircut. You got the fresh yeah, haircut yeah. coming back. Put me on the little, what, yeah, the front. Yeah, there, there you go. go. I cleaned well, it up. We can barely see you, though. Like. I know. I, what, what, I mean... People don't. This is not a face for TV. Like they put me on TV because I'm here, but let's be honest. So, all right, this works. Out I think well. it looks good. You Thank got a good you. haircut. It looks good on you. Let's jump in. Let's talk about this game. Cowboys lose uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, 19 to 16. Preseason game, so wins and losses really don't matter. Uh, but what does matter is how ga- how how the team played. And before we get to how the team's pl- team played, I think what matters most is how healthy are you once the game is done. Let's start with Neville Gallimore. Tell me where he is. What's going on with his injury, and, and what are we expecting as far as time frame? Honestly, for what it looked like, it's probably a best case scenario for Neville Gallimore. I mean, just the the, the amount of pain that he was in, and the way that you know the, the the length of time it took him to get off the field looked really bad. I mean, it is bad. He hyperextended his elbow, but I you could have convinced me he was done for the year based on what it looked like. And it sounds more like a six eight week type of deal. I think he'll start the season on IR if I had to guess, but. He's got a chance to come back in the first half of the season, which is good news considering how bad it looked. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think if you didn't watch the game and you just saw the headline of an article we had about in, encouraging, you know, it's like yeah. encouraging timetable because based off of what it looked like. Now, I did see some of the comments on there like that's not that encouraging because he's out for probably two months. But like Dave's saying, it could it could have been and it looked like it could have been worse. I mean, best case scenario, maybe six weeks. So if you think, you know, we're three weeks away from the season starting, probably three games would be best-case scenario. You know, four or five uh, games is, is worse. But um, they have to make the decision on, you know, do they want to put them on an IR to return? And that'll just, you know, they'll, they'll get to make that decision when we get closer, when we get on cut day. Real quick, just explain to people the IR rules because Gosh. they were they changed last year. And now they're going to continue with what they had last year due Which, to COVID. Hopefully it's a permanent change. I three, never, three weeks? Uh, three, yes. So you're out for three weeks, you can come back, and there's no limit on the number of guys they can do that with, right. which I never I never understood why you have to punish a team for a guy getting hurt. Like if a guy's out, you know, you used to, what, you used to get two guys mm-hmm. that you could bring back, and it was eight weeks. So, you know, if a guy's got a month-long injury, 
you well, basically have to shut down his season, even though you don't really need to. I just, I always hated that. Well, there's a guy, you know, up in the Northeast that that bends the rules a lot, and, and <laughs> sure. so they they, but 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 a lot of coaches, a lot of teams that that's what they would do. They would end yeah. up stashing players and say that they're hurt. Yeah, and, and he then, wouldn't be the only one, there right? Would be, no, no, uh, there's a lot, a lot of teams, of teams yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, are you hurt? No, I'm okay. And then you drop a weight on his foot, and his foot's hurt, and he's out, and he's on IR. Or you don't even drop it; you just kind of act like you do. Right. It. Yeah. So. You know they're, they're trying to make sure and police that, but I agree that there's got to be a better middle ground, and I think we're fi- we're finding it here now. The, the one the one thing about that is is that you have to be on the roster week one. That's that's the one thing yeah. here. So well, not week one, day one, day one. I'm yeah. sorry, day like, one. You don't, yeah, you don't cut. you don't have to be there for the first game, but you do have to be on the roster for 24 hours, which. I, I mean, we saw it last year. It's going to be a thing that they do again this year. They're going to get creative with it. Um, you know, C.J. Goodwin was the guy last year. Could be him again. Could be him again. They're going to, you know, vested veterans. If you've played four seasons in the league, you don't have. You're not subject to the waiver wire. You're not subject to that stuff. So you could see a C.J. Goodwin or maybe a J. Ron Curse, Garrett Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert. There's somebody a, like that that they cut. Any number of guys that you can cut and say anger. Stick by your yeah, sure. Any any. Anybody that's been in the league four yeah. years or longer. I mean, well, no, they couldn't do it to Dak because of his contract. That's a terrible <laughs> no, idea. No, no, yeah, I was trying to use it as an example, but anybody that's been in the league for four years or longer, you say, this is procedural. Go chill at home for a day. We'll call you. We got to move some guys. And, you know, it's. They cut Kennedy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah they cut Maurice right. Kennedy. All right. He's been in the league <laughs> for five years. Yeah. Um, so that stuff's going to happen. I would guess Neville goes to IR. When the season starts, especially again, you got this logjam of young players. Obviously, you would prefer him to be healthy, but this helps you make room for some of those types of guys. Uh, you know, a Tristan Hill could be moved to pup. Maybe it, I got to figure out what's up with Chauncey Golston. People keep asking me about him. Yeah. We're into the point of camp now where I feel like. Wasn't it a hamstring? Yeah. Like, let's go. Wait, I mean, well, you. I mean, there are degrees of hamstring. <laughs> let's go. There, <laughs> that's simple. Let's go. There let's are, go. Let's go. There are right. degrees of hamstring. Jordan Lewis missed 10 days with one. Chauncey. Trust me, I covered Miles Austin. I understand. Sure. <laughs> Francis Oops. Bernard is another one. He heard his hamstring on, like, the first day of camp and of hasn't come close to practicing since. That's so. true. But those are guys, again, you know, uh, Chauncey could wind up on PUP to start the season. We'll have to see. Anyway. A lot of procedural stuff, but like I said, based on I mean Neville was screaming on the field on Friday. I was yeah. like, this looks yeah. awful. Yeah. And so four to eight weeks after that, I call that good news. Let's look at tight end as well. Tight end is starting to be a position. Is that on your list? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. You know, it's on the rundown. It, I'm going to get to that right after this. But but before right. we get there, that's why I went there. Before we get there, though, <laughs> I did want to ask you guys about the defensive tackle position because. When you just look at the depth of it, and Dave, you kind of started getting into it, but in my opinion, watching throughout training camp, there was only one defensive tackle position or player that I felt like was he is on the roster. He will be a guy that's going to be a regular rotation guy. There were a lot of guys doing a lot of different things, but Neville Gallimore always was working the first team. He was always out there. What does this mean for the defensive tackle position now that he will be out presumably at least three weeks, maybe some more? It's probably it you know it helps Carlos Watkins even though he was playing pretty well anyway. I mean him and Urban, you know, we we were all we were wondering how it was going to shake out and it's kind of shaking itself out here now temporarily. Temporarily now after you know four or five weeks of the season we'll see. But then who knows if someone else doesn't get banged up? So I would think week one you know of the of regular season you know you're looking at inside you're looking at Watkins. 
Urban, um, Odigizua. Help me here. Am I missing another tackle? Um, I mean, not a three technique. That's the. I mean, you know, you got um, Quentin, you got Quentin Bohan, you yeah. got Justin Hamilton. But that's the interesting thing for me is, and that's why I think right now this is an incredible opportunity for Osa because yeah. they drafted him to play three technique. That's what they want him to focus on right now. And all like everybody's versatile. You know, Watkins can do a little bit of everything, but Neville. Neville was going to start as your three technique in your four man front, and Osa's really the only guy that specializes in that right now. And so, you know, I think he's probably the next man up to start. I do think, yeah, I think they're going to keep their eyes peeled. This is where your pro personnel comes into play. You know, we ran into our old buddy Walter Juliff on Friday night, the longtime scout. Teams send scouts to every game in the league for this reason is to look and say, okay, is there a, is there a pass rushing defensive tackle on any of these teams that might not have a future here that we can take a look at? I know people are going to bring up Geno Atkins. He's still available. I don't. Why you raise your eyebrows? At because me like that? It, from the from the reports, it doesn't sound like he's like a guy you necessarily want to go out and rely on. I mean, it sounds like he's his injury history like doesn't and, seem promising. And I don't. I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. I think they're going to look at Neville's situation and say, "We'll have him back in October. We've got some young guys we like. If there's a guy we can claim or a guy we can do a minor trade for when cuts come, we've seen him do stuff like that before. That's." what I would expect to happen. I do think they'll try to add to it, but not in some crazy, splashy way. Right. All right, let's move on. Nick, uh, you kind of preempted it. Uh, We do need to talk about the tight end position. And actually, let's go ahead and jump into that because I want to get to Randy Gregory, but let's start with tight end since you brought that one up. Uh, Sean McEwen gets hurt in the game. Uh, He was a guy that I think we all agree had had pretty much played himself onto this roster. Um, what does this mean now for the tight end position? I guess first tell me what his injury is and, and how long, what his status it's, looks like, and then let's talk about what it means for the I position. I think it's a high ankle sprain, and high ankle sprains can obviously vary. Um, I've seen them, I've seen guys out six weeks. I've seen a guy come back and play on Thanksgiving short week. So, I've, I mean, I, where does he fall in there? Probably, you know, three to four weeks or so, which is which is another situation of, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see if he's an IR to return on the roster on the first day. But, you know, they're gonna they're, they're still going to limit Blake Jarwin. You know, I mean, he, he played some. They're not going to just rush him back there. Even though Dalton Schultz is banged up with an ankle injury, I don't think that's – I don't think it's that serious, though, for Dalton Schultz. Right. So, Sprinkles, you know, the only healthy really, you know, veteran tight end there. And then you got two other guys – I don't even know their names. Nick Eubanks, Nick Eubanks, and Lynn. Mm-hmm. I was excited about Eubanks coming in. He had he's got deceptive athleticism, but haven't seen a ton from either of those guys. Really, may I mean you're so far down the depth chart at that point. I wonder, which you know, you always try to glean things from what you get to see. McEwen was in a boot and had crutches on Friday night, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's kind of like Dak having an MRI. It's like, well, yeah, like you have access to this stuff. It doesn't cost you any money. Why not? Why do you want a 250-pound guy putting weight on his leg if he doesn't have Take to? So, yeah. so that doesn't necessarily mean that he's out forever. And that's going to be an interesting one because if you're you're three weeks from the start of the season, so you could probably get away with just carrying him on your 53 for a week or two, but you might have to, you know, maybe Jeremy Sprinkle makes the team now when he probably wouldn't have before. Um, so now you're just carrying four when maybe you were thinking you could carry three. Sure. I mean, and you, I mean, McEwen was going to make – he's had a good camp as a tight end, but mm-hmm. special teams is a big part of that too. He played a lot last year, 
And it's, you know, it's it's funny how it's ironic the way all of these things tend to tie together because Shea Wolanalua yeah. also hurt, probably not going to be ready for the start of the season to hear it from Mike McCarthy. So now all these big body guys that can do a lot of stuff on special teams, you're you're losing them. And yeah. so they're going to have to find a way to get creative with that. You know, Kellen Moore was asked that question and he said there's a lot of ways to do that, you know, whether it be four tight ends, whether it be a fullback, an extra running back. He even said an extra wide receiver or a wide receiver that can do some of those roles. And, you know, I don't think he's great at it, but Noah Brown has done it in the Mm -hmm. past, and he's kind of got that big big body to do that. That's not his forte. And then he kind of gets into – you know, you get into a role that he's not as comfortable with. So, but I, you know, I think if they needed to do some things on game day, Noah Brown could be one of my, you know, it feels like you're going to probably keep six receivers here, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Um, still early. We still have two games to play in the preseason, but I, I just can't see them cutting, you know, any of those three backups. You know, I, I think it's three and then three. And then after that, I don't know. But the three guys, Malik Turner, yeah. Noah Brown, and Cedric Wilson. Well, See, that's – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, it, I'm fascinated by that because I was talking about this before the game on Friday. Yeah, I mean, Cedric, Cedric and Noah should make the team. Like I know yeah. the front office wants to save money. Look somewhere else. I mean, like you, they're not that expensive – and they're versatile. Mm-hmm. They, and they're clearly the best players. Compared they're to those clearly other guys much below. better than the other yeah. guys. You know, I know people were saying Noah had a drop at the beginning of that game. I didn't think that was a drop. I mean, he could have caught it, but it was a well played ball by the mm-hmm. DB, in my opinion. Like Michael Gallup dropped it. That's, That's I Noah Brown. I don't. I don't consider that a drop. Anyway, I think they're a lot better than everybody else. They've been working with Dak for three, four years at this point. So if they need to play, they have that rapport with him. I just and the special teams, obviously, like that just doesn't make sense to me. But I do. The thing I wonder about is Malik Turner and Simi Fehoko. Mm. Like, how important is your draft pick versus right. how valuable? I mean, Malik Turner can do a lot of stuff. I'm not convinced Simi can. But he's the he's the draft pick, and he's he's got the very interesting intangibles. I I you know I just go take my chances on the practice squad with him. Yeah, if it doesn't work, doesn't sure. work. And my bet is there's probably the vast majority of teams out there have a semi fioco. Mm-hmm. Like they have somebody at their camp where it's like we think we can get him to the practice squad. We're not really sure. I think those guys tend to make, yeah. be available to you. This will be my ninth round of roster cuts and. I, re- I can't, you know, everybody brings up Danny Amendola. Like, in the time that I've covered the team, I can't think of a guy that they cut who got away from him. Yeah. Not, like, somebody that and everybody was like, oh, my off. God, yeah. no, well, not him. And Amendola, people forget that Amendola actually made it through a whole season. Mm-hmm. He was on the practice squad the entire rookie season. Yeah. And then the Eagles, when, when they made the playoffs and the Cowboys didn't, the Eagles just tried to sign him to their – thinking they could make him to their practice squad since they were still playing and it didn't work out. But he still went and signed with someone else. But, I mean, it's not like he was – he was he wasn't even claimed right away. Yeah. And he was a hard knocks feature and all that stuff like yeah. that. So it, and that's, yeah. it happens, but not not much. Rondell Carter got claimed – like the Colts yeah. signed him, but that was a month into the season. He wound up back, back here a month later. Mm-hmm. Blake Jarwin tried to leave, but even that was like October. Mm-hmm. They convinced him to stay. It's it's a lot more rare than people think that a guy gets claimed off your initial cuts, in yep. my experience at least. Yep. Um, real quick, you mentioned Malik Turner. He did also have an injury as well. What, what's his yeah. status? Turf toe. Turf That's what they're calling it. Um, I, I don't have a timeline. That's Talked to our buddy Brian Broadus about this, and, I mean, it's a sad reality. Like, 
you know, injuries can differ based on how much work you need to do to make the team. So, I mean, if that's, <laughs> if that's, you know, maybe he doesn't go today, but if that's a thing that you can grind through and still be available, that's one of the kind of the reality of being at the bottom of the depth chart. You may chart. not feel good. One of the most injure you for later, but right. nah, that's one of the most underrated injuries. Seriously. Oh, the pain of it? Oh, well, just, I mean, you, you think that it's not a big deal? Like, you got nine it, more? It is a very <laughs> not serious-sounding injury. Yeah, like, maybe we, we need to give it a like more you, serious it's name. It's like you stubbed your toe, but, like, right. in reality, when you're, especially as any anybody that's trying to run and cut and do all that, like, it's, you know. You realize how much you use that. Well, I mean, turf toe changed the whole season for the Cowboys back in 98. Deion yep. Sanders, they were rolling, and then Deion gets hurt with the turf toe, and, you know, they weren't the same after that. So that that really affected them. I've seen that injury really affect the whole team. It was it was turf toe that Patrick Mahomes had in the home stretch of last year, right? And I mean, he obviously played through it, but he needed surgery when the season was over. So, Dang. but you know, when you're the seventh receiver, sixth receiver on the team, which so we'll see how long he's out. But that just might be a situation where you got to grind through it. We'll see. All right, real quick, let's talk about Ty Inseki. Uh He also at one point left the game. I think he came back, but just wanted to make yeah. sure he's okay. I think that might – and I, I don't know this for sure. I haven't heard anything firm about him, but he did walk off the field, and literally three days prior to the game, he had the same mm-hmm. thing happen where he got tangled up, left, kind of walked it off for 10 or 15 minutes, and then was fine later. And, I mean, he's like 36 years old. It just might be a reality of playing offensive tackle when you've yeah. got that much mileage on your knees. I don't I don't know what's going to happen at that, that tackle position. That is a tough one. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, that it to me, it's it's the offensive line because you look at the – that's the backup at the tackles. The interior offensive line, like, who knows – how they're going to? We're going to talk about that a little later in the show too. But yeah, yeah. make your point. I have well. no idea. No, I'm just saying I have no idea what's going on with. Uh, I don't really know what they're trying to do at center. Not really sure what's going on at swing tackle. You know, I mean, they would love if Terrence Steele could just do it, but I, I don't know if they think he can. Yeah, and I don't think they are 100 percent confident in, in in Secchi. And then you got your, you know. Does Martin is he is he the swing tackle there? I mean, it's just I'm starting to think he should be, and I think I think it was last it was one of our last shows in Oxnard where I was like I'd rather keep Zach at guard if I can, but yeah. But if you do if you do that at this point, my yeah. If if that is the option, then I don't know why Inseki would be here. Well, I do think I think it's two different things. I think if you're in a game and you lose a tackle, then I would like Inseki or. Or steal to be able to just step in and play the rest of that game. If you lose a tackle for an extended period of time, I don't think you even mess around with it. You say, Zach Martin, get on out there to tackle and be ready to play this weekend at tackle and play it for the next few weeks until we get our guy back. Yeah. I think that's the way I look at it. I think I would be the opposite, honestly. Really? Yeah. I think I would rather I would rather the Zach kick out in the middle of the game. Well, I don't here's the way I reason why I look at it like that. A team isn't going to necessarily game plan for Steele or Inseki during the middle of a game. If they got a week and they're like, oh, that's going to be their starting tackle, I think there's going to be all kinds of problems because I don't think that they are – I don't think they're as good of players, obviously, and I think that if you give a team a week to realize what kind of player they are and how you can get them, yeah. I, I think you're going to, they're going to get them a lot. So, I, again, in the game, I think you can probably manage, you can probably get by – 
when you got a week, give me give me my best guy to slide out to tackle because I want them to have to think about the fact he's going to be out yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't think it takes that long to realize if Tyron Smith's not out there and it's Terrence Steele now, that now now we're going to move this guy to this side and he's going to rush off the edge. And like I don't think there's needs a lot of game planning involved. It's like... Um, we're going to blitz on that side now. We weren't going to do that at all, but now we are because yeah. But the but the thing is that that defensive end didn't spend all week watching film of Terrence Steele to be able to beat Terrence Steele. He watched a week of film of Tyron Smith. Does he need it? He may not. But yeah. I'm saying he has a. Imagine what happens when he does have a week of watching Terrence Steele yeah. to prepare to play Terrence we Steele. Saw like that. it's different. Yeah. We saw that, right? So I, I think that's the way I look at it. I think that's why I want one of those guys to at least be manageable to get yeah. me through the end of the game and then I'll adapt and say give me my my best guy out there right. to I'm protect sure my quarterback 29 of the 32 teams in the league think this but no, the depth on the offensive line is worrisome and I ugh, the, the Connor Williams center experiment thing makes me real nervous now that was like in you know first game bad snaps you're like yeah it's his first game ever Two more bad snaps in the second game, and it it's, it, remind, it reminds me of like my college career, like just trying to cram for a test the <laughs> night before. It's like, why did you wait until July twenty third to to yeah. try this? Why right. weren't we doing it before? Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we are gonna talk about the offensive line, and particularly that interior part of the offensive line, and get your opinions on what they're doing at center right now. But before we get to that, we're gonna talk about the quarterback, Dak Prescott. We're gonna find out where he is right now in his recovery and. And uh, what you can expect from him over the next couple weeks heading into the season. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. 
Dallas Cowboys training camp presented by American Airlines is back at the Star in Frisco. Watch Cowboys practice on August 16th. That's tonight. Also on August 20th, 27th, and 28th inside Ford Center at the Star. Admission and parking are free. Visit thestarinfrisco.com for details. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick just mentioned it, but if you get a chance, come out tonight. Cowboys have Cowboys night. It is a, a very... Uh, special event if you can come out if you have an opportunity to come out it's a chance to see the cowboys live and in person at ford center at the star uh practice will start at six o'clock but if you're coming out you can uh, enter the building i think around 4 p.m uh get a chance to come out and see all your favorite players uh and that'll last from six to eight if you're not in town you'll also be able to watch it uh on our cowboys now app which is our connected tv app uh you'll also be able to watch it on our website as well as our connected t- i mean i'm sorry our mobile app cowboys now i mean cowboys Mobile. A lot of people in the booth for that. I mean, we got to yeah. like rotate like we did for the Rams game. How are we doing it? Well, Drew Pearson will be in there to yep. start with. So, um, good luck following him. Um, but speaking of Drew Pearson, do you want to give a little a little shout out to? He made it to the Hall of Fame. That's not what I was going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm it was kidding. a really, awesome really well done documentary. Documentary on Drew Pearson, uh, Alex Lilly, Kurt Daniels I mean, did a phenomenal job putting that thing together. Let me tell you about that, and I. I've, I I feel like, without sounding terrible here, but I, I, no, I feel like I know quite a bit of the Cowboys history. Okay. okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, you do. I, Absolutely. I, do. I, yeah. I don't like saying it, but I, I know my share. And I watch that, and I know the Hail Mary and all that, and that's not a flag. It's an orange, and it's a push-off, and he, pump face, you know, he pumps Krause over here and throws it. I learned more about that game and that play and Drew Pearson's life than I ever knew. And I, yeah. I'm not saying that I was like, I know it all, but I I thought I knew a lot of it. And I was very impressed with all the stuff that, that they got in there. I thought it was very well done. So shout out to Kurt Daniels and Alex Lilly and that whole team that, that we have there. Yeah. But it was really those two guys that did a great job with it. Yeah. They absolutely crushed it. And uh, coming up next, we don't sleep on it. We're just getting started. Coming up next, we got Darren Woodson's story. That'll be uh, coming out this Saturday night or Saturday evening. Uh, Or is it Friday? Saturday Saturday night. Saturday night it'll be coming out, and uh, it'll be uh, on the normal channels where you can watch all those other things uh, that I mentioned earlier where you can watch the practice tonight. Uh, But, again, check those out, Deep Blue Documentaries. Uh, We'll be running four throughout the preseason this year. Uh, some really, really good storytelling. All right, let's jump back into our conversation. We were, uh, we wanted to talk about Dak Prescott. Um, coming out of camp, he had been injured. Uh, he mentioned there before we left camp that he was going to have a um, – he thought he was progressing really well. Uh, he was going to have a, an MRI when he got back to Dallas just to make sure everything's progressing well. What did they find when they did the, the MRI? Least surprising thing ever is they said he was going to have it today. And I don't know this for sure, but I know Dak decently well by this point. I just feel like he woke up Saturday and was like, "Why? Why are we waiting? What are no? Like, isn't it machine? Doc. It's a machine right over there, right? Over there. Yeah. yeah. So and it sounds like McCarthy's that way too. Watching that one episode of it's Hard a good Knocks, point. Just yeah, like, he's like, what are, we, "Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's get started yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, if this is going to, if this is going to affect me and my team again, let's find out now." <laughs> right. Get I don't your ass in there. The the indication is that it won't. Um, yeah. He had the MRI. It sounds like everything's good. He's healing up. Um, there's no additional damage from these throwing sessions, so it just sounds like he's going to continue on his path. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to get out there tonight and rip 50 balls, but he should do a little bit more. And 
I de- like I don't I don't think anybody knows if he'll actually play on Saturday right now, but I bet that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Is to see how he handles some work, see if he can ramp himself up in these practices this week and try to get him you know, 6 to 10 snaps on Saturday night if that's feasible. Not again, like they don't know right now cuz you got to see how he handles this. You're not going to throw him out there if it doesn't seem right, but I bet that they would like to do that. Yeah. And I I mean obviously we don't know if he'll play this Saturday, but my suspicion is, and I, I'll let you guys speak for yourselves, my suspicion is you guys feel pretty good that he will be there come Thursday, September 9th when the Cowboys travel to uh, Tampa Bay. Always have. Yes. I feel like that's that's been the goal, and that's the the only – I mean, I wouldn't say it's the only goal, but it's the it's the main goal. And if, he, if they can get in a couple snaps in preseason, fine, but – you know they'll be they'll be fine without it. Just like to reiterate my position. As long as we're doing this, somebody, somebody like you know they they had that rash of injuries. Like four guys got hurt in twenty minutes on Friday night, and somebody on Twitter was like, "Are we sure we want Dak to play in the preseason?" I was like, "Absolutely, the hell not. No, right. we don't. Yeah. I mean, the coaches might and Dak might, but if if snap one against Shaquille Barrett and Indama and Sue is if that's the first snap of his season, that's a okay with me as long as he's ready for it. Yeah, that's one thing I learned from Hard Knocks. Dak's a very intense guy. He doesn't like not playing, so they're having to hold him back for his own good. You I'm needed to see point. that to know. Well, yeah, I mean, I know well, he doesn't. He doesn't conduct himself that way in yes, the media. That's but. the difference. The difference is I knew that Dak wanted to be out there. I knew that Dak was a, a really, really uh, impressive competitor. What I saw in that was that he is he is intense, like he's very intense, and he doesn't take too kindly to people not <laughs> wanting, not giving him the opportunity to get on the field. And so that 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 was the part that was, I think, a revelation for me because that's not who he is off the field, right? You got to be a little bit of an a hole to be great at that. Right. I mean, to be great at anything, really, probably, but especially Definitely quarterback in the, in the NFL, yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about the backup quarterbacks. Nick, you wrote an interesting article, and uh, Garrett Gilbert, in that game, he was 7 of 16, a 44% completion percentage. He had 80 yards passing. Uh, his rating was 59.4. Not a great statistical day for him, but all that being said, and I know you wrote the article, tell me what the, I guess, the point of your article and what you're thinking right now at the backup quarterback well, position. If they're always going to keep looking for everything, it doesn't matter if he was if his it was one fifty eight point three was the rating. They're going to always look to see if there's something better, and they're going to continue to do that. And they're going to continue to look at the waiver wire. Um, I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of options that are better than what they have. So I feel like he's going to be the backup. And I thought he played well in that game. I thought he was put in some very uncomfortable situations, and he, I thought he did a really nice job handling himself there. Um, he didn't get a lot of help. Um, you expect your center to get the ball back to you. Um, in two two instances that he didn't, he still managed to kind of you know salvage it and make a play. And you know, Army crawled here and got up and threw it and all that. And then he steps in the pocket on another play and throws it over the middle to Michael Gallup, and Gallup missed the ball. You know, he catches that ball like he should, and. You know they're in a much different situation in that drive. I think he can get it down to probably the ten yard line or so. We'll see what happens there. I thought he did a nice job there, and I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of other options there um, when it's time to to change it out. They're giving him the chance to win the job, and I think he's going to do that. I think he. Are, I think he already has. Yeah. Remember, he's not going to lose it to somebody that's on this team. 
And <laughs> oh, sir, he's not. Yeah, he's no. not going right. to. No, I agree with you. I, I was laughing because I, I don't even think that's close. It's not. Like, even. I don't know about other guys out there, but I don't think that's even close. Cooper Rush has he's looked all right. Um, I think there's a clear difference in arm talent when he's out there. Like if he, if he's if he's got to throw it outside the numbers, it doesn't it doesn't look great in my yeah. opinion. Just in terms of getting it there with the speed and accuracy that it needs. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't want to throw one more thing in there too. Like, and I wrote this that I don't care who you are in the league. I don't care if you won Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, whatever. You're not making a better throw to Cedric Wilson on the right side. Of that the, was a dime. You're not going to. I mean, yeah. like that is in his arsenal. We know that he made a throw like that in his first start to Amari Cooper and against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He can do that. And so, you know, he reminds me a little bit of of. <laughs> Jason Garrett, in the way, even though Garrett, he's way, he's a lot taller and he's got a better arm. But as far as you know, good deep ball touch, will stay ready, very smart, understands what he's doing. That's kind of what you want out of a backup. Yep. I think more than anything, he just looks comfortable, and that's and that's the the best thing you can ask for, probably. Yeah. And it was actually it was the play we talked about earlier that. Some were calling a drop by Noah Brown, like to get that ball off the feet, like off the carpet maneuver around all the garbage and still get an accurate throw off it was very impressive mm-hmm. it was an incompletion and i thought it was probably the most impressive play of his night yeah um, no he just I, he is leaps and bounds better than the other two guys on this team and you know i keep saying his name but I, you know, there's no interest in blake bortles clearly or else something would have happened by now because he's just sitting out there yep. he might even be back in green bay soon because jordan loves hurt so yeah. um I don't think there's anybody available right now that they like more. And when you talk about quarterbacks, like, yeah, people bring up the situation in Chicago, but it's hard for me to imagine them trading for a salary like that. Maybe if one of those guys gets released, maybe. But I, if I had to bet on it, I would say Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at a backup quarterback, and to me, your backup quarterback just needs to, if everyone else around him can pick it up when you lose your starter – they give you a chance to win. And that's what would have to happen. You've got all this, this talent on this offense. They'd have to step up. And I think if you would have given him the two starting tackles in the game that he played last year, I think that may have ended up being mm-hmm. a different game. I mean, I thought he played a decent game for, for what the, the situation he was placed in. So, yeah, I, I think I've seen enough to where I feel like he can be a solid backup for you. And, and what you have to do is, again, if, if, if Dak goes down, everybody else is going to have to play better. Uh, in order to make sure that you have even a chance. But I think if everybody else can play better, then I think he'll give you a chance. Maybe. I don't know. I I still think this is not a good backup quarterback situation. Like you think, again, team, you know, the Saints have. How many teams have those? No, and it's only only five or six that ever feel good about it. It's either if you have a first-round pick that's not starting yet, like the Packers or maybe the Mm -hmm. Bears, 49ers. 49ers. Or if you luck into an amazing situation like the Cowboys did with Andy last year. Or, you know, the Saints had Teddy Bridgewater when he was trying to resurrect his career. Like, you need good fortune to have that situation. That being said, I don't think the Cowboys have it right now. I mean, Garrett Gilbert's fine. He's definitely better than what's available. It's not – I don't feel great about this situation. But given that they don't seem likely to do anything about it, I feel – Okay. Well, it's short-sighted too for any fan to to think that you know something's not going to give when you give a guy forty million dollars a year at that position. Point. You have to give something, and that's and you're banking on him to be great. You're banking on him to be one of the the best quarterbacks you know in the in the league, if not the best. 
that's what they're that's what they're hoping for. That's what they that's what they paid him to do. So you can't really you just don't have a lot of money and resources to do anything other than that. And, oh. they're, and they're hoping to lucky like Dave said, luck into it. A guy that's been around seven years and he's got three starts. I mean, but hopefully the experience of being around in different systems will get him ready to play. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about the center position. Uh, Cowboys are not calling it a competition. Uh, but we saw Connor Williams start at center in this last game, and I want to ask these guys if they think it's a competition uh, or if they think it's just a situation where they're just trying to get their backup ready. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A Ooh. limited number of single-game standing room-only tickets are on sale now. Ooh. Get yours today at dallascowboys.com slash tickets. There we go. Welcome back. Like Final that. segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Hey, real quick, uh, I don't know if y'all were listening. Do y'all ever listen to uh, y'all ever listen to Hanging with the Boys? Not really, to be honest with you. I sure that's not a shot at any of our colleagues. Like I don't really. Well, they were taking shots at us this morning, so oh, I just they didn't really? know. And it got so bad to where I literally walked down and got on the air. Cause oh. Are you yeah, serious? They, I yeah. can't tell if you're kidding. No, no I'm not. very serious. Are they mad that they weren't at training camp? No, I mean, what's... no, they they just they they took it personal that I was I called them out and said they weren't a better show than us. Oh, and so they they're now like they've launched this war against the break where they're going to just show the break that they are the better show. I was like, well, the numbers will prove it, so let's let's see where you go with this. I, I mean, okay, it's like practice squad chirping at QB one. Right. I mean, okay, it's like cool. when the little kid runs up to you and you're just kind of holding like that's like really you, young man during uh, during training camp. 
I can't was, believe Kurt would talk like that. <laughs> yeah, well, Kurt real. was the only one who wasn't there. He probably would have talked uh, some sense into him, like, y'all might want to tone this down a little bit. Kurt, uh, Kelvin Joseph, like, he kind of made headlines for talking about uh, no-fly zone, airplane mode, and all yeah. that. Somebody asked Dak about it, and he was like, yeah, I don't think he's gotten a chance to go against me and my guys, so, you know, maybe he should do that before he runs his mouth, more right. or less. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Basically. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same but energy. I just didn't know if you guys heard that this morning. Well, you started it. I, well, I did, but I, I mean, it was just you know, it was he just interesting to me that they had something to say. But matter of fact, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what that all means as we get into the season. Competition brings out the best in everybody. Yeah, I, I like competition. Rising tide lifts all boats. I got no problem with competition whatsoever. I told them they should listen in to the break more often. Maybe they'll get some pointers. <laughs> all right, let's get back in. We got, we do need to talk about the offensive line. Particularly the interior part of the offensive line. This last game, Connor Williams started at center. Um, and I, I keep seeing a lot of media guys are talking about this, and they're like, Cowboys keep saying this is not a competition. But this certainly looks like a competition. And and as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, okay, so basically what they want me to believe is that the center, the starting center, who was only in his second year and didn't even start all of last year, is so good that they're like we we got to take all these snaps and give them to the backup because we got to get him ready rather than making sure the starter is ready. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. You guys make sense for me. I actually I can't. Uh, well, I'll try. Okay. I don't think it's a competition, and Connor's showing you that himself. I mean, four bad snaps in maybe twenty preseason. Opportunity. I mean, that's that ain't good. I, but you I, don't think that they should be giving those snaps? I, I would think the starting I would quarterback want hasn't played yet. Like, I don't care what Biotish does with Garrett Gilbert. I care. I care less about. Well, I shouldn't say that. I will make. You, I care about the snap just as much as I care about what happens after the snap. I'm going to lose my Jalen Smith bet to you in already. So well, I'm going to lose the Bohanna bet. So we're going to be even. well. All right, let's make a rubber bet. <laughs> okay, let's make a rubber match bet right now. Uh, if Dak plays against Houston, Biotish will be the center. That's well. I'm that's that. also coming off a game where, as you just said, Connor just, had two snaps. Here's, that, but here's the thing, and here's what makes it make even less sense. It's not a competition that they're like Connor might be better than Tyler. Mm-hmm. It is a holy crap. Connor's never played center in a game. We got to get him out there. And we don't we have ex- another backup. Exactly. Which I mean, it 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 takes you all. We were we've Can't. been talking about. Huh? What's, can't get him. I, I mean, the Giants technically have his rights. He retired. Oh yeah. He's on, I mean, if he him. comes and back, if you think that's a coincidence, you should think again. Ugh. Seriously, we've. I mean, that's that's next level stuff. But I think, yeah, from what I was told, that there's a reason why that happened. So maybe uh, they should have signed him. Yeah, I mean, they, they could have yeah, done it themselves. Time. I. This is you know, in a lot of instances, we don't know as much as they do, but it goes back to the Zach Martin fantasy football tackle thing. It still pisses you off. It always know. will. <laughs> don't to quote my father. Don't pee down my leg and tell me it's raining. Like I'm not stupid. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. Like all spring, we're like. There's not really another center on this team. Kind of weird, huh? No, that's not a big deal. They get to training camp. They're like, oh, I want to say the S word so bad, but I'm not going to. Oh, crap. Nobody else here really does this. And and now we're just trying to piece it together as we go, and not even with the guy that played center in college when there are two on the team that did that. Well, but like, let me ask McGovern you did this for a year, and Farniak's done it in spot roles. And they were like, "No, Connor, Connor Williams is not a is a backup center. Some a player that 
I don't know, I wouldn't say fairly easy, but that you someone that you think you might be able to get once the rosters are cut? I well, that I don't know the answer to. Here here's another part of it too that everyone keeps saying, well, if he can be your backup center, it saves your roster spot and all that game day roster spot. Well, Unless they've changed it back, I thought the rules were now you have to have eight guys active anyways on the mm-hmm. line. You have mm-hmm. to have eight linemen. So having this They're guy, lot, that, yeah. can, that ain't going to do a lot. I, I I think that like you're both right. I think now looking at it, I mean, I thought Tyler Biotish um, helped himself by not doing anything. I think Connor just – but I do think you cannot convince me that if Connor Williams would have gone out there, graded out well, no issues with snaps and all that, you can't tell me that they're not thinking, you know what, he may be our center, and maybe McGovern needs to play left guard. I still think that they're trying to figure it all out because I yeah. think – I don't care who's taking the snaps at quarterback – Biotis needs work. Yeah. So that it's it, it the whole it, thing's the tricky. That's baffling to me. Don't he, get me wrong. Work. Don't get me wrong. It is weird. It's very weird. But again, going back to my mediocre career as a student, it reminds me of like the night before the project is due and I'm like, "Man, I could have been so much I, this could have been so much better if I'd started 2 weeks ago instead of tonight." I have absolute faith that Connor Williams could become a solid center in time. Why did they wait until July 25th? Like, why? Why wasn't he doing this all through the spring? Why didn't? Why? I mean, I I don't understand. It's gonna piss you off if he comes back next year on another team and he's their starting center. <laughs> I wouldn't like, say it pisses not, not me, piss me off, off but, but it certainly will be curious. Yeah. Like, you definitely will look at it and like, say, "What what happened here? Like, like we miss the, it? Like, does anyone like seeing Beasley on the top 100 list? Yeah. Like, even though that's a, is he on it? Yeah, he was on it. I mean, like 90s, 90 something. He had a really good yeah. year last year. Doesn't I mean, shock me. Better right. than Tyron Smith. I mean, that kind of no, no. I mean, me. the but order is that's ridiculous. why the list is weird. But um, I don't even know what I was saying about about Connor Williams. I, I don't. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. You said Sorry. something. What, what were you saying about? I just don't understand why they waited until training camp to start yeah. this. Like I, I, I didn't see Connor do this. He did do. He did do quarterback school during OTAs, which yeah. is twenty minutes with the quarterbacks. Oh. But like, he never played center in a team setting in the spring, and that was eight practices. Mm-hmm. Which, how many did they have out there? Thirteen. Yeah. So I asked you do him the math after the game. I did ask him. You know what is. <laughs> What's going on, Kat? You're like, is this is this maybe you're competing for a starting job? He was like, I'll do whatever they ask me to do, but from what I've been told, this is just for emergencies. So it's gonna be a hell okay. of an emergency. Well, again, that maybe that's a good sign that they feel great about where Tyler Biotish is that he doesn't need those reps. Like maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Um, I don't I can't I'm not yeah. in the, the meeting think, rooms, but but it just seems a little weird to me that a guy that's in his second year doesn't need more mm-hmm. snaps in the preseason to get himself ready. I think it's maybe it's a case of, of priorities, right? Like Tyler does need work, but Tyler's played center for a long time, won the Remington trophy in college. But I, your expectation is that he's gonna be the starter and hopefully play sixteen games. I would think that's the priority. The backup 17. becomes the second priority. I again, if you feel seventy five percent sure about your starter and twenty percent sure about your backup, at a job, the only other job in football where you hold the football every snap, 
I see the logic. I'm not. It's weird. I'm not yeah. saying it's not weird, but I'm trying to but, piece that together. Like, but the, Connor needs the work way more than Tyler, even though Tyler also they, needs work. But they could have done both because what True. Connor needs is he needs to snap the football back to someone. And it doesn't really matter who he's yeah. playing against. That could be in the fourth quarter. That could be in the, preseason. Yeah, fourth cares, quarter, yeah. third quarter. But you also don't want to put your starting left guard out there in the fourth quarter of a game against scrubs that are trying to make it. Also, part of, the, part of the whole thing when your starting left guard is also your backup center. He's going to have to because he's got to get those reps because you want the first team guy to get the first team reps. Right? Are we giving McGovern a pass? In what way? That he's a third round pick and he really hasn't done anything and he's not factoring in as a starter and he's, he's and they're they're thinking. So, so about this other... one, you don't think he's factoring in as a starter? Well, I mean, he isn't. He isn't starting. Yeah, right. You know, Brandon Knight gets some work in there too at, yeah. at guard, and I mean they're they're trying to figure figure this whole thing out. I mean, I just I, I don't know. I mean, I thought. With a second round grade and the third, by the draft him in the third round, I thought at some point he would be a guy that would just kind of be starting. Yeah. I will give him the credit of pointing out that he did come in and play the last six weeks of last season and was pretty good. Pretty good. Wasn't awful. Like, so he's done more than nothing. And maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Like, deep down, maybe they're like, you know, let's try him at center, Connor Williams at yeah. center. Because and if it works, the then McGovern will be yeah. there. So they're trying to get their be- their five best guys, but I don't think I will yeah, say I don't think you can do it. The way that they build the McGovern pick when it happened as this blinking red light that nobody mm-hmm. could ignore, I mean, it hasn't lived up to that level right. of the hype. That's for sure. Yeah, I think they what 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 they're probably or at least what the signs look like to me is maybe they think McGovern is a better guard than Tyler Biotish is a center. The problem is right. they can't get Connor to be a better center than Biotish, which blows up the whole thing. Maybe right? they should have started working him at center before three weeks and, ago. And I so. asked you guys this and during the break. I wonder if, I mean, I wonder how he played. Because it's real easy to see bad snap, bad snap, and go, well, he was awful. Because yeah. that is very problematic. But, big part of the job. But is he... Is he is he picking up the blitz? Is he understanding things? Is he recognizing, you know, the the alignments and all that stuff? And is he does he do you know snap it and do a nice? Is he job? getting to the second level on run plays? But like there's a lot of hey, things involved. NFL Game Pass, maybe <laughs> help us out with that. Right. Not trying to grade TV copy if you catch my drift. Well, he said he said I said so. What happened on the second one? The one that you know went yeah. to the ground first, and he was like, uh, it hit my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> he basically snapped it into his ass. I mean, that's basically what happened. And that's the play that I thought Garrett Gilbert did. I mean, he jumped on it and said, all right, no one's touched me. He rolls and gets up and throws. If he would have made that play, I mean, if he would have made You got to think, like, it's got to be, to make that adjustment, for, like, any of the offensive line spots are hard. But then, I mean, getting the snap off and having it be accurate and going where it's supposed to go, and knowing then, that as you do it, some 320-pound mofo is going to crash right into your face. I mean, that sounds really difficult. You know, yeah. I'll say this about McCarthy. I I like the way he calls, or they call games, whether it be Kellen, but I, I like the way he manages these preseason games. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to see the punt team go out and see if the punter can get the ball to the 10 on 4th and 9 and punt it like you normally would. Like, he's, you know, we're going for it. 4th and 12, um, we're, we're going for it. We're yeah. going to try. I mean, I'd rather see this than just manage the game. Can like you pick he, up a 4th and 12? Yeah. We need to pick up a 4th and 12. And I, yeah. and I think that goes to a guy that's that's coached for 12 years. He, he can turn it on, turn it off. He doesn't have to practice. This is how you do things. This is what the chart says to do and all that stuff. No, we're, we're just going to play. I want my guys to go out there and try to com- 
convert. I always say I think coaches make way too many decisions based on like how defensible it'll be later, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to get killed for doing this or should I just do the smart football thing that people have done for decades? I worry about that less with McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not always going to work. And that's fine, but I appreciate that he doesn't seem that worried about it. There was a play that I liked that it probably would be overlooked, I think, by, by many. But I'm always my, one of my pet peeves is just when the offensive coordinator just plays it play to play and doesn't think about you know two or three plays ahead. And when they scored the touchdown, mm-hmm. it was third and six from like the nine, and they ran a draw up the middle to Knox, I think Brendan mm-hmm. Knox, and he got a first down all the way to the one. But you're not expecting a first down. You're expecting three yards, four yards, whatever. But it could open up what you know what they do on fourth down. I really like that call. That that showed me Kellen was thinking two plays ahead. Now, and if you get the first, even better. And they did, mm-hmm. and they scored, and all that stuff. But I, I that's that's what I want to see out of your offensive coordinators. Go down there and say, all right, what are we doing here? Is this four down? And it clearly was four down territory for them, so they knew that. So um, that was nice to see a touchdown. Yeah. You know, I mean. For once this we, season. We've spent most of the show talking about the offense. Real quick, I want to give each of you guys an opportunity to give me one defensive player from the game uh, that stood out to you. I'll start first with you, Dave. Oh, Dave's got it. Israel Mukwamu. Oh, are you going to – you're going to – I'll give you Jabril. Is that who you were going to take? He's played great. He has. Yeah, he is great. Go ahead, though. I want to hey, hear what Israel uh, – I, I just – I'm really impressed by him. I was Me talking too. about this on Twitter. You know, I mean, he played cornerback in college. That's the joke we always reference. He, he's like, you're going to get the best corner in the draft. Oops, no, you're not. That's Same. not your position. <laughs> um and I, he played some safety in college, but like it's not his primary position. He makes the move. He is physical. You know, he made a great tackle um, of the you know running back in the flat to stop him on a third down. Um, he he seems like he's got great instincts. Like he's in position. He's you know at at practice in Oxnard. Like he's he's jumping in front of passes. He's reading routes. I'm sure it's not perfect, obviously, mm-hmm. but he flashes and he's a willing tackler. Like I said, it seems like he knows where he's supposed to be. He's not quite on that Micah Parsons level, obviously, because he's not a top ten pick. But he he seems like he's he's where the ball is, and that's a good thing. Um, and it's just it's fascinating to me because it's it's going to be tricky to find a place for him to be blunt about it because you got you know I would assume Casey and Hooker are both going to make the team. Dono's going to make the team. Um, um, Curse, and and then kinda, well and yeah. then well you've got Jaron Curse and Darian Thompson who I like I Darian didn't play well at safety but that's not the point it's the eternal battle between the special teams coach who wants and Darian Thompson is one of the two or three best special teamers on this team Jaron Curse has a special teams reputation as well so now it's you know the front office probably favors the draft pick and the coaching staff probably favors these veterans who are versatile and that's an interesting. That's an interesting conversation, but Israel Mukwamu is doing everything he can to make them want to side with him, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Stephen Jones, he didn't, he wasn't going to pronounce his name, but he did say it to me the <laughs> other day on an interview that he that he, he really liked what, what Israel is, is doing out there and just loves the matchup um, that, that he can do covering tight ends. Um, my... I have a couple. I mean, I think sure. Dorrance Armstrong is, is – is, I mean, He is having a phenomenal camp. He's been, yeah, he's been outstanding. Yeah, he's been outstanding, yeah. and we all can see that. Um, and, and then I lost my other – oh, my other guy. I think I might have stole this point from Dave at one point during a show, but we did talk about once the pads come on and once we start playing games, you're going to see how physical Keanu Neal is. We're not seeing it as much early in practice, but once you really start 
getting the type of play that he's used to, he's going to start to show out more. And I think that he's doing that. I think not only did he did he force a fumble, he had a really nice stop on third down, short of the game, short of the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he 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 did it at the end of camp too with a, with a pick like that. I think he's finding his role in the nickel, and um, and and I still think it would be a vanilla defense of what Dan Quinn's going to really how they're going to utilize him because he's never played him at linebacker before so it'll be interesting to see I I, I think though he's starting to kind of come on here so that that's a good thing I'll throw this out there too because we mentioned Jabril Cox which he he looks really good obviously like you know he's getting the opportunity in games he's making the most of it he's led the team in tackles both preseason games I care a lot less about the plays that he makes on defense Mm -hmm. he made it nice tackle on a kickoff return that it might not have saved a touchdown but i think the guy got to the 35 he was going across midfield for sure and cox just knifed into his lane and brought him down and that's that's what i care about because he could be the biggest steal in the entire draft he's still not he's not getting on the field on defense unless something terrible happens i mean there's just too many bodies in front of him and when you guys talk about earlier you're talking about those big bodies that are now out injured Guy like him becomes yeah. very, very and important because he's a big body that can actually play special teams for him. That and like before I started doing this job, that is that's that's what you need to look for. Like if I'm talking to somebody who's trying to analyze these preseason games, a guy like Jabril Cox showing that he can make plays like that on special teams is huge. Like I mean, he's going to make the team regardless. But you see him doing stuff like that. Now you're like, okay, this guy can get a jersey on game day. He can do this, that, and the other. So that was really and encouraging. His, and his answer about it when when he was asked about you know, playing special teams, he was like, that's, that's what I need to own that part of the game. That's it, all that is, is, you know, this doesn't sound like a rookie. He said, special teams is a one-on-one battle. There's one guy that's going to block me. If I can beat him, I can go make the play. And so I'm not going to, not going to be blocked. And he's, you're, you're starting to see that. And that's a great mentality, especially mm-hmm. for a guy that was at North Dakota state. He probably wasn't playing a lot of special teams there. And when he went to LSU, I doubt he was playing a ton, but he, he comes here and understands that role and he embraces it and really kind of that's relishes how you make it. The team. That's how you make the team. And as Dave said, that's how you get on the field for game day. It's super encouraging too. Cause we, I mean, okay. He's behind Micah, Leighton, Jalen and Keanu Neal. Like where are the defensive snaps coming from? And so, you know, I think, a lot of people, and honestly, I was kind of discouraged myself the first two weeks of practice. Like, eh, this guy hasn't done anything. What's going on? Mm-hmm. But what do you do with your opportunity? He gets them in these games, and he's, I mean, he's putting good-looking tape out there, in my opinion, which is, that's really fun for him, for a guy that, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities in practice. That's a wrap. We will right. be back on Wednesday. And uh, make sure you come out tonight if you're in town to a Cowboys night here at Ford Center at uh, the star and if not then make sure you check it out online we'll have it streaming on all of our different platforms till then for nick eatman dave hellman i'm derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!